Good morning. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. The mercies of God never never come come to to an end. end. Ah, good morning this wonderful wet morning. My name's Trudy Hutchinson. I'm going to be your liturgist um, for the service this morning. Um, I had to go out twice, and they haven't. The animals have not started lining up two by two yet. So we're in our safe little ark here. Um, but just watch for that because you never know. Um, so you know, let us keep in mind those who are sleeping rough or who are homeless. And with um, animals that are out in this rain. So just let's pray for everybody who's out there today, just keeping that in mind. So if you would like to join me in the name of our Creator and Savior and the Holy Spirit, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Grace be to you and peace. Whether we're old or young, whether we're a first-timer or a long-time worshiper, whether we come full of doubts or confidence, joy or sorrow, in this place, we're all family because the Holy Spirit binds us together. So welcome to any of you here in our safe ark of love who are first-time visitors. Good morning to everybody on Zoom. Good morning, Judy. And um, so now, we remember God's promise in the Gospel of Matthew that where two or more are gathered together in my name, I am there among you. Let us prepare our hearts. Pastor Kyle has lighted the Christ candle. And so I would invite you to use the words in the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you in this time.
Carol, thank you. Um, I couldn't help but sing along. And we are upheld um, by God's righteous and omnipotent hand. And you can sing in the moment. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. We trust in your steadfast love. Our hearts shall rejoice in your salvation. The Lord has dealt charitably with us. Praise Praise the the Lord. Lord. So let us join our voices as we sing hymn number 463. How firm a foundation.
Oh God, you are truly worthy to be praised, for you are gracious, compassionate, and merciful. Send your Holy Spirit among us, that we may hear your voice and praise your name this day and forevermore. Amen. Please be seated. Friends, how costly is our broken relationship with God? The price of sin is a spiritless life, which is no life at all. Where are joy, peace, or lasting love to be found, except in the one who creates peace and joy, who sent Jesus Christ, the beloved Son, to save us from our sin? Let us confess, repent, and trust God to forgive our sin. Let us pray. God of grace and God of glory, shower us with your mercy and forgiveness. When we can't see the way forward, be be our our navigation navigation system. system. When we make a wrong turn, gently gently correct us. us. When we neglect our health and wellness, heal us with with your your love. When we neglect or harm your world and its peoples, reveal Reveal your righteousness and guidance that we may be forgiven and reconciled with you and with your beloved creation. Amen. And hear us as we confess to you in this time of quiet reflection. Blessed congregation, in Christ we are set free. We are reconciled through the power of love and grace. Thanks be to God. Beloved, receive one another then in love. Welcome one another with friendship and peace. The peace of Christ be with you all. And also Peace be with you, and I would invite the young person to come forward. (laughs) Though we are all God's children. Good morning, again. How you doing? Good. You know, I was reading my Bible this week. And I came across something that Jesus said. He said, whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. But here's the part that I kind of stuck on. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, 
Truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. And I thought about when he says, little ones. What do you think of when you hear that? Little ones. You think of kids? Yeah, I think a lot of people think of kids. So you think he was talking about kids? He was talking maybe about young people like you? Maybe he was talking about people who aren't very tall. Maybe. Jesus said just giving a cup of water to a little one is a very, very good thing. Now, if Jesus meant little ones are children or kids, at what age do you stop being a little one? Is it when you start middle school? No. No. When you're too old to come forward for the children's message? Oh, yes. <laughs> when you can make your own breakfast? Maybe. When you can be left home alone without an adult? Definitely, yeah. Maybe Jesus meant little ones literally in terms of size. Do you stop being a little one when you're four feet, six inches tall? You don't think so? When you stop growing? Maybe. What if you don't grow to be very tall? My grandmother, Gigi, she never reached five feet tall. Is she a little one? Yeah. <laughs> Let's tell Gigi that. <laughs> now take a moment and look around at all the people who are here. Really look around at them. Look at them. Are you looking? All of you who are out there, look around. Look at each other. Do you know that everyone you look at, everyone you have seen in your whole life, even people you've never seen, is precious to God? Yeah. Sometimes when we're at church, we call people children of God. Have you ever stopped to think about that? We are all children of God. Even the oldest person here, even Grammy, even Gigi, even Miss Doris Donnelly, who is 99 years old, is a child of God, just like you. Compared to God, we are all little babies. Every one of us is a little one. And Jesus says being kind to a little one is a very, very good thing. So think about that. Anytime you do something kind to another person, no matter how big or how old, you're doing what Jesus asks you to do. We are all little ones, and Jesus loves and cares for all of us. Will you pray with me? Can you repeat what I say? Thank you, Jesus, for caring for me and for everyone. Let us pray. God of ages past and days yet to come, 
be present with us this day. Answer our questions and reveal your wisdom. Restore our vision that we may know your presence and sense your guiding light. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Listen for the word of God. After these things, God tested Abraham. God said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and the boy and I will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, Father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. God, we thank you for your word, the story of your grace. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we sing together hymn number 468, In My Life.
I'll just say it. This is a horrific story. There are three titles generally associated with it that really don't do justice to the terror. In Christianity, we call it the sacrifice of Isaac or the testing of Abraham. In the Jewish tradition, it is called the Akedah, or the binding of Isaac. But let's call, <clears throat> let's call a spade a spade. It is a story of near child sacrifice that on a first read appears to be sanctioned by God. And that should deeply trouble us. Trying to get around the difficulties, many argue that it is simply an ideological tale about the shift from human sacrifice to animal sacrifice. This seems likely. It is certainly the case that other biblical texts expressly forbid child sacrifice. Leviticus 18, Jeremiah 7, Ezekiel 20... The practice is known in the cultures surrounding Israel and may have been practiced in Israel as well, hence the prophetic condemnation of it. But even if it is drawing a clear distinction between this new covenant faith of one God and the child-sacrificing gods of other clans, there are many questions that remain unanswered. Is it a story of an abusive God or a misguided Abraham, religious violence at its worst, or, or is it a story about faith and obedience? And if this is, as the text presents it, a test what kind of test was this? And did Abraham pass or fail? We don't see his grade at the end of the story. Did God expect Abraham to obey wholeheartedly, repressing all paternal feelings toward the son who addresses this father of a multitude trustingly as my father? Did God hope that Abraham would ignore all ethical considerations to murder an innocent child and destroy the image of God that he embodied? Was this the true worship required of the father of the faith? Mary Austin points out that the silences in this story are deafening. Abraham is always so chatty with God. But here, he is quiet when God asks him to sacrifice his long-awaited son. And Sarah, who laughs at God and who blisters Agar with her rage, is also silent as far as we can tell. For ten full chapters, these two, God and Abraham, have built a relationship that has seen Abraham challenged and stretched, learn 
There have been promises, such as when God promises that Abraham's descendants will be more numerous than the stars. And there have been sacrifices, as when Hagar and Ishmael are cast out, as we explored last week. It is interesting to note that this is the last direct encounter between God and Abraham. After this story, the two never speak again. Though, it is important to remember that the blessing will continue. That promise is fulfilled. There are a lot of interesting parallels between this story and the call of Abraham way back in chapter 12. There is similar vocabulary used by the divine voice. Take, go, to a place I will show you. And in both stories, Abraham's response is silent acquiescence. Both are ventures in faith. Abraham begins and ends his journey by heeding the divine command. But what about everything that has happened in between? What about the relationship and the familiar trust that has been built up over considerable experience together? I think that there is an unspoken expectation by God in this story that Abraham would resist his order to sacrifice the child of laughter. After all, Abraham has resisted God in the past. There's precedent. He has challenged God's orders has stated a firm no to God. In chapter 18, Abraham intercedes and bargains with God to spare the wicked city of Sodom. But where are his words of protest and intercession on behalf of his own son? Where is his exercise of moral agency? And this is where, I think, Abraham fails. From the beginning, the beginning, beginning, God has desired relationship with us. It's what human beings were created for. And relationships require dialogue, give and take, not blind, unquestioning obedience. God wants Abraham to wrestle with him. God will eventually wrestle with his grandson. But instead, Abraham silently and resolutely moves forward. God's last-minute intervention suggests that Abraham's response was inadequate. Abraham may have deserved credit for his motivation and his devotion, 
But his behavior called for swift correction in order to spare the child of laughter. The late rabbi Jonathan Sachs points out that throughout Tanakh, the gravest sin is child sacrifice. The Torah and the prophets consistently regard it with horror. It is what pagans do. He adds that the scriptures establish that all things belong to God and we must acknowledge that we all enjoy everything from God. The key narratives of the Torah are there to teach us that God is the ultimate owner of all. We do not own our children. God does. We are merely their guardians on God's behalf. For Rabbi Sachs, this is the lesson that Abraham needs to learn. Parents are the protectors of their children. That is what the angel means when it calls to Abraham, 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 stop. You have not withheld your son, your only son. Which, as a side note, I see as another failure by Abraham to correct. Because Isaac is not his only son. Is this story a lesson that Isaac and all our children ultimately belong to God? And as we learned from the children's sermon, all of us? If so... We are failing the test God poses. In the United States, we practice child sacrifice on a widespread basis. Migrant children make popular food products, working in plain sight on production lines that make Cheerios, Fruit Loops, granola bars, and so many other products we enjoy. These children have been coming into the United States without their parents in record numbers. They're ending up in some of the most punishing jobs in the country, a New York Times investigation found. This shadow workforce extends across industries in every state, flouting child labor laws that have been in place for nearly a century. 12-year-old roofers in Florida and in Tennessee, underage slaughterhouse workers in Delaware, Mississippi, and North Carolina, children sawing planks of wood on overnight shifts in South Dakota. We are all also acutely aware that firearms are now the leading cause of death for children in the United States. We regularly and frequently sacrifice our children on the altar of gun worship. As we have in the past couple of weeks marked the one-year anniversary of the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision that ended federal protections for reproductive rights, states taking the strictest stands against abortion tend to have among the worst statistics on child and family well-being. 
In 2019, Mississippi had the highest rate of unintended pregnancy and also the highest infant mortality rate in the country. Five of the other nine states with the highest infant mortality also have abortion bans. These bans also correlate with states that are failing to protect children. Seven of the ten states with the country's highest child poverty also have abortion bans in effect, as well as the highest teen birth rates in the country. There is a lot of talk about protecting the unborn, but scant efforts to protect those lives once they are born. If we are being tested in the same way as Abraham, we are surely failing. If we really saw the children in our midst as belonging to God, we would work much harder to ensure their health and safety. In the face of this child sacrifice of our world, our silence is deafening too. But there is good news in this story. First of all, I know that we in this congregation are starting to use our voices. That is a good thing. But God does not require the slaughter of Abraham's beloved son. God desires the child to live as a blessing and a hope for the future as God desires for all children. God never sought the sacrifice, but sought and continues to seek life-giving, life-affirming relationships between us and God and between all of God's creatures. Relationships that nurture and support and encourage and thrive in love. It's a hard story. But may we be challenged this morning to live into this mandate, attending to the well-being of all children, that they might flourish and our relationships with God and with one another would prosper. Amen. Will you please rise with me in body or remain upright in spirit as we affirm our faith using the words in the bulletin? We believe in God, who is older than eternity and younger than our next breath who is beyond describing, yet knows us all by name, who inspires faith, yet cannot be contained by religion. We believe in Jesus Christ, flesh of our flesh, bone of our bone, who came in the body to give worth to every human life. This is the good news which we have received. 
in which we stand and by which we are saved, if we hold it fast. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and that he appeared first to the women, then to Peter and to the twelve, and then to many faithful witnesses. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus Christ is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is our Lord and our God. Amen. Please be seated. I have a note from the mission team. Uh, in our meeting, uh, our mission meeting last Tuesday, uh, we discussed the, um, the arrival of migrants from New York City to our area. So the mission and social witness team is organizing a clothing drive to help support these migrants arriving in the capital region. Columbia County Sanctuary Movement is working closely with local partners to support and assist asylum seekers and has published a list of high-priority donation items. We are asking members of HUPC to donate the following clothing items that are greatly needed, mostly men's clothing, all sizes. And Betty is modeling for us beautifully. Thank you, Betty, Model Betty. Um, but there are two baskets up here, and they've got the list. Um, but we are most in need of shirts, pants and shorts, socks, underwear. They must be brand new in unopened packages. Um, bras, ideally brand new. Shoes, new or minimal wear only. And hats. Donations can be placed in these laundry baskets at the front of the sanctuary between now and Sunday, July 23rd. Uh, so including today, four Sundays. Please help us uh, to welcome these new members of our community and to provide support for the successful relocation and thriving future of them here in our region. And then a couple of things in uh, the life of our church. Please take some time to look through the um, uh, bulletin announcements. There's a lot uh, going on. Uh, but I do want to lift up that uh, Kim is away this week. Uh, so she will not be in the office tomorrow, the 3rd, the 5th, or the 6th. Uh, the office was already closed on the 4th for the holiday. Um, I will be around and checking messages and such. If there's something urgent that you need, please reach out to me, uh, phone or email. Um, and uh, yeah, we just wish Kim the best as she's on vacation with her family in Maine. Um, oh, Bruce would kill me if I forgot this. The next barbecue is coming up. August 2nd, one month from today. Um, on Wednesday the 2nd, he needs help. Um, he needs help setting up in the morning. He needs order takers, runners, line help, cashiers, and cleanup. If you are around that day and are available to help in any way uh, for 
any amount of time, uh, please reach out to Bruce and let him know uh, so that we can make this, uh, this barbecue a huge success. And hopefully we won't have Canadian smoke to deal with this time around. Our life together. I have a couple of prayer requests to lift up this morning. Um, first, uh, from Shirley, uh, we uh, lift up her niece, Carolyn, Carolyn Grounds, uh, for pa- prayers. Uh, she has a recurrence of cancer uh, and will be having a PET scan this week. Um, but we pray for Carol and uh, for all of her family in this uh, difficult time. Um, Doris Donnelly uh, had a fall on Wednesday. Uh, she fell and hit her head. She had to get a couple of staples in her head, um, but uh, her daughter Sue says she's in good spirits. Her gentle, her gentle heart and her uh, sense of humor are still intact. Um, she didn't have any breaks of anything for which we praise God, uh, but we do pray for Doris as she recovers from this. Um, Elena is not here this morning because she is guest preaching for uh, Matthew Van Maastricht over at Altamont Reformed Church. Uh, so we lift our prayers for uh, her, bringing a good word to those folks over there. Uh, and this morning is Carolyn's birthday. Uh, and today is actually Carolyn and Bill's birthday. Uh, but uh, Carolyn, we wish you a very happy birthday. We thank you for the beautiful flowers. Uh, and we are going to sing happy birthday to you. But first, are there any other birthdays in our midst? A prayer request? We'll sing to you in a moment. Are there, 
Are there other prayers, joys, or concerns to lift up this week? Then let's sing to Carolyn, because it's your birthday and you need you need a, a happy birthday song. <laughs> I will invite you to come forward uh, down the center aisle. Uh, I will hand you a piece of bread, and then you will, uh, and you are invited to eat that right away, or take it with you, and then take a cup and return via the side aisles. Um, if you, if for any reason you are unable to come forward, uh, communion will be brought to you. Will you please join me in our invitation to communion? Come to the table of grace. All are welcome here. Come, all who thirst for God. All are welcome here. Come, all who hunger for love. All are welcome here. Come to the table of grace. Here, God nourishes our souls. As we pray our great prayer of thanksgiving, I would invite you to turn in your hymnals to number 552 and 553, which we will be singing in just a moment. Let us pray. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to God. For it is right to give both thanks and praise. Loving God, through your goodness, we have this bread and cup to offer, which the earth has given and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing of this bread, so that we may know your touch in all bread, in all matter. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves, a single, holy, living sacrifice. We lift up our song to you.
Hear us as we pray together the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. God, we give you thanks that on the night before he died, our Lord Jesus took bread in his hands. And after giving thanks to you, he broke it, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood. Every time you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. In this way, we proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes again. Come, for all things are now ready.
Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit for our prayer of celebration. In the end, as in the beginning, God is God. Loved by us, wanted by us, praised by us, served by us. Filling the folk with the gifts of the Spirit, making them whole for the good of the earth. For bread and cup, this place and this time, thanks be to God. For the peace we are promised, which the world won't destroy, thanks be to God. For the hope of heaven on earth and the final song of joy, thanks be to God. Amen. Let us join our voices together as we sing our final hymn, number 340, This Is My Song.
Beloved, as we have been received in God's love, we go to receive others in love. As we have been welcomed with God's grace, we go to welcome the world with grace. Go in peace, remembering who you are and whose you are. Amen. Amen.